This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I All right. We were four seconds in. It does that every time. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, guys? It's Analyst, and we're back again with another podcast. Today, I'm here with Upper Hand Fantasy. You guys, if you don't know him by now, he's Upper Hand Fantasy on Instagram. And if you've listened to this podcast before, you know who he is. Thank you for joining me for us. Yeah, man. I, I, this is always fun. We should do this more often. Like, every time you hit me up, I'm like, yeah, let's do it, man. Let's do it. We got to do it more often. But yeah, thanks for having me. Try, trying to make it an Every week thing, but the only problem is I had to get a, I had to get a webcam because we tried doing the video last time and it didn't right. really come out great at all. But now I have a you webcam, look, so you look great, by the way. Thank you, thank you. My beard is starting to come in a little bit. If you're watching it, you might be able to see it. But, you got that uh, so, COVID beard. The COVID beard. <laughs> and you know what's funny? I just trimmed this thing down like last week. So, oh yeah. Yeah. So that's fun. That's a good look. <laughs> well, anyway, we're here today to talk about quarterbacks. Um, not necessarily rankings. I, I am going to be doing it in the order in which I see fit. So like Lamar, Mahomes are going to be at the top and then we'll go into like the Prescott, Murray, stuff like that. It's not going to be a direct top 10 list, but, uh, it's going to be pretty close to you know, around that area. So if we want to just get started, we have, uh, we'll, we'll start with Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. Um, I, I have some notes on, uh, Lamar Jackson here. First being that over the offseason, they lost Marshall Yanda, and he, he's saying he may not run the ball as much. Um, he's still going to run the ball a ton. They, re- I mean, the Ravens had, I think, 98 more rush attempts than any other team in the league, and they were sitting pretty on top. So uh, besides that, they got second-year jump from Marquise Brown. They got Devin DuVernay. They got J.K. Dobbins. So uh, they definitely have weapons for Lamar to repeat as the QB1. Uh, how, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, and don't forget about Miles Boykin, right? He, Miles he was Boykin. he was drafted as the guy, and you you don't you didn't know whether it was going to be him or Marquise Brown uh, being that you know number one option as far as rookies go. But obviously, he got hurt. He was all banged up, right, throughout the offseason last year mm-hmm. in camp, training camp, and then like he had a bigger injury hit, and it was just like tough for him to do anything. Um, so coming into this year, I feel like nobody is talking about him, and I think. He's one of those guys who can be a prototypical number one wide receiver. Um, obviously, he has a lot of work to do. We haven't seen any of that in the NFL yet. Um, but, you know, he's somebody that obviously if Marquise Brown can take another step, and then he can just become serviceable. You know what I'm saying? Like, Absolutely. yeah, I think, I think you know, you, he already has, you know, his 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 tight end weapon, and he has um, a Marquise Brown on occasion in 2019. 
uh, you know, going into 2020, those weapons might considerably increase. And if you think about it, like you have, you can have Marquise Brown as the Y receiver, and you know that deep threat on the outside. Uh, you can have Miles Boykin playing that X role, and then Devin Duvernay in the slot. I mean, you have a complete wide receiver team here for Lamar Jackson. And uh, the thing with Boykin, I mean, obviously he's not going to be drafted a lot by people, especially because you know how, how little they pass the ball in Baltimore. But I mean, if, you're, if we're talking dynasty, he could really be a cheap guy to go after right now. So that's, that's a good point. You brought that guy up. Yeah, for sure. I think I think also he's a guy that you want to like keep your eye on. You know, you always have the mm-hmm. watch list. You know, going into week one, it's someone you want to keep your eye on, right? Because if he's completely fine for week one, you know, you want to look at the guys who are attached to these elite quarterbacks, even though they're a run heavy offense. Where was Lamar Jackson going to throw the ball anyway? Last year, exactly. right? So uh, if if he has a couple of weapons back, you know they could, you know, try to do. They're obviously going to be super run heavy, right? But they can try mm-hmm. to get the balls, get get the ball, um, you know, in in their hands of different playmakers going into this year. And you know, it's funny enough is that Miles Boykin is someone who I imagine being a really good waiver wire pickup. But not someone I would draft. I don't know how that works. 100%. There's like, so many other you know, guys who, you know, going into this season, you're probably going to like a lot more because of all the storylines that come out and, you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I agree with you. He'll probably be a waiver wire guy. All right. So let's let's just uh, move on to number two. Or, okay, well, who do you have first? More importantly, who do you have first? Pat Mahomes or Lamar Jackson? I think uh, Pat, Pat Mahomes is just safer. You know, I, but Lamar's like upside is so so that big. rushing floor is the rushing floor is huge, and the rushing ceiling is is big. And and on top of that, you know, he didn't really pass the ball much last year. When he did, he was super efficient. Um, so if he gets, I don't know, just a cu- like I said, a couple weapons, <laughs> um, he he could do some damage um, to the point where like last season wouldn't wasn't an anomaly. Right, I could yep. see a scenario where, like, it wasn't just a a season where you're like, oh, well, you know, obviously he's going to regress in 2020, but that might not be the case. You know yep. what I mean? Um, so I, I feel like when you're when you're drafting for fantasy, and you, if you're going to dra- draft one of these quarterbacks early, like for me, I'm just going to go for it. You know, just go for the upside. You know what I mean? Because if Both you're have a quarterback crazy early, upside. what's that? Both of them have tremendous upside, oh, yeah. no matter Both who you pick. Both of them have a tremendous upside, right? And and, and Mahomes is going to do it more more so throwing the ball, right? Um, he already had a 50, 50 touchdown season. But how many times has that happened in history, right? Um, how many times has the quarterback rushed for, was it, uh, over 1,000 yards? <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. Um, oh, you know, but I think that that's honestly more likely than it is for, for Patrick Mahomes to throw another 50-burger, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, in, in that Offense definitely could be. And you know what's funny is um, Fantasy Lord, he made a post earlier today. He was talking about how um, deciding between Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey is like the most boring fantasy argument ever. Because like, who cares? Like, you get Saquon, oh no, I have CMC. You know, I feel like you can kind of relate that to Lamar and Mahomes because you're not disappointed with getting either. So 100%, 100%. You have one of those guys, they're elite and that's it. Like like don't worry about it. Like worry about your later picks. <laughs> exactly. So if you're going to take them early, both of them have tremendous upside, but um, just a a little more oops, where's it going? Shut up. So fun fact about Patrick Mahomes, 
I think it was after the Super Bowl, he came out and said he didn't know how to read defenses until halfway through last year. Yeah, um, he, he was just having fun. <laughs> like, he was just having fun. <laughs> he threw 50 touchdowns the year before, and he didn't know how to read defenses as a quarterback. Like That's, that's scary. I, I mean, that that's very, very scary. And now you look at he hasn't lost any of his weapons. That offensive line is basically the same. Um. He, he now has Clyde. Ed- yeah, he has Clyde Edwards Hilaire. They got Marcus Robinson back in case they run low on wide receiver depth. His position hasn't gotten any worse at all. If anything, it's improved. And now he knows how to read defenses. He's going into the year healthy, unlike last year when he got hurt. So, um, Michael I mean, Hartman. Michael Hartman could take a step forward too. Exactly. Second year jump from Michael Hartman. Sammy Watkins hasn't retired yet. I don't know what the hell is going right. on with him. But <laughs> he'll have his point, uh, his yearly three touchdown game. It's it's you know? just, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Everybody will overpick him and then sell him high. But um, it, it's funny because like the top two QBs, you look at it and you say like, oh, there's no way it can get better. But for both of these guys, their situations have just gotten better. It's, yeah, hundred percent. And, and and you know when you look at that whole offense, you're just like everything is just set up for Patrick Mahomes. Everything is set up for Lamar Jackson. So they're relatively safe picks. Now let me ask you a question: mm-hmm. Are you drafting these guys in yeah. in a regular one QB <laughs> in a one QB one QB four passing four uh four point passing touchdown? I'll say you'll say no. I will say not in the first three rounds. Right. Obviously there, there was. In a, go, go ahead, you, you go first. That's okay. Um, so I, I was doing a mock not so long ago, and it was like the 11th pick of the third round, and Lamar Jackson was still there. Oh, wow. And I was sitting at it, and I'm like, as much as I hate drafting a quarterback early, because there's so much value to be had at the end of the draft when it comes to the quarterback position, that I, I just, you know, I, I don't feel like it's worth it. But at that 311 spot, I took Lamar. It's, it was just a mock draft. Was, I don't know if I really 12, 12 uh, 12 team league, 12 team. Yep. Listen, man, I would do it. End of the third round, I think I would. Yeah. But... Did you go? Did you go running back, running back, QB? I believe I did. I believe I went double running back, and then I came back for the quarterback, and then I think I even got a third. I think at that point I was going zero wide receiver. I was just gotcha. going crazy gotcha. in every other position because right. I feel like that's kind of what you have to do. Because if you're taking quarterback back in that third round you're sacrificing your wide receiver two or running back three running back two whatever it is you're basically sacrificing that position and then hoping that lamar will make up for it but you know in another case at the end of the draft like where was lamar drafted last year where was patrick Mahomes drafted two years ago like these are crazy values that you got at the end of the draft it's just 100 it, it doesn't now, seem worth it yeah now you have to pay for those guys right yep. in 2018 you know you were able to get patrick mahomes after week one or week two yep right in 2019 you were able to either draft lamar super late or pick him up after week one um and you know and same goes for 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 other quarterbacks too like the same year 2018 when patrick mahomes broke out um you were able to get like ben roethlisberger after week two and he ended up killing it that year also. So it's like, yeah, you might not like a lot of guys going into the season, but sometimes things line up for them, you know, to the point where these guys are either available in the waiver wire late, I mean, early in the season, or you're drafting these quarterbacks super late and they have the upside. So you have to swing for that either way. Um, so if, if you're going to take a guy like uh, Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes super early, just know that, you know, 
the reason why a lot of these guys were league winners when they were drafted is because you got them for free. Exactly. And then you replace that draft pick with another guy who helps you, you know, either it was he was your RB2 or maybe he turned out to be your RB1 or your wide receiver 1. You know what I mean? Yeah. That added to, uh, you know, what they did for you. You know what I mean? So it's it's a different story. Now, in two QB, in two QB leagues, Absolutely. it's a totally <laughs> no different hesitation. story. Right? You want to get... Yeah, you want to... Oh, two QB super flex, right? I mean, yeah. you want to get um, one of the elite quarterbacks. If you're drafting early, you know, if you have a top five pick, uh, you know what I'm saying? You're, I, I, I want to draft one of those elite guys. Um, and then, you know, maybe after them, maybe I'm not so keen on drafting guys like, you know, if I can get like Dak... You know, it's like the third round or something like that. Like, I'm, I'm cool with that. Like, yeah. the 2 3 turn, I'm cool with mm-hmm. that. You know, you kind of wait for guys like maybe the Stafford, you know, sixth round in two QB like, leagues. I think that's the way to go in two QBs. Yeah. Like, you kind of try to get that elite guy in like the early rounds. And if you can't, then you just stack up on the value picks later in the draft. Yeah, 100%. And what you want to do is like, you want to see, okay, you know, the quarterback is that position where you're like, all right, how good was that quarterback compared to the rest of the QB ones, right? And you look at the average of that QB one and how much better was that player uh, than the average QB one. That's why like a guy like Christian McCaffrey, you know, he was like 60 or 70% better than the average running back one. And that's why he was winning you championships. Lamar Jackson was like 40, 50% better than the average QB one. So that's why he won your championship. So that's kind of what you're going for. Um, especially in two QB leagues where, um, the, the 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 pool shrinks considerably, right? So that's why you want to kind of aim for those elite guys, so that if you can get potentially, if your second quarterback actually becomes a QB one or mid QB one, yep. you have advantage. And, and that's the thing too, because like uh, you you hit the head of my nail saying that if you can get that one elite QB, it's not hard to get a second quarterback that can get you 15, 20 points a game. You know whether you get that guy in the sixth, seventh round, maybe they have a little more upside, but if you get the guy later into the draft in two QB leagues, you can make up for that easily, and then you have the advantage with that QB1, so that's definitely the way to go in two QB super flex leagues. Um, talking about another guy whose situation has only gotten better, I want to talk about uh, Dak Prescott real quick. So, I mean, Dak Prescott last year, he finished as the QB2 on the year. Obviously, Mahomes was hurt, but... Um, Point being, they added C.D. Lamb. They extended Amari Cooper. They have a new head coach. Um, God, why? Why did I, What is his name? Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy. Hey, thank you. <laughs> there you go. He took a year off, and I just forget who the hell he is. Um, <laughs> he's got a similar philosophy with wanting to pass the ball a ton. And if you look at that defense, they uh, lost some pieces. So they you know, they lost Byron Jones. So there's there's a good chance they might be passing a lot this year as well. They could be in more shootouts. Uh, obviously, Travis, Fedri- Travis Frederick retiring hurts them a little bit. But, I mean, Dak Prescott's still in for another fantastic year. He's going to be throwing the ball a ton. And he's got three great two, two great receivers. And we'll see how CD turns out. I'm sure he's going to be great as well. Yeah, 100%. I'm so in on Dak, you know, especially at his price in two QB leagues and in one QB leagues. Um, you know, I, he's definitely next after Lamar. And, and obviously, there's a there's a little bit of a tier gap between mm-hmm. him and, and, and Lamar and Mahomes. Um, but, like, I think it's a great match. Like, Kellen Moore, you know, great young offensive mind, 
right? He did wonders with that offense last year. Uh, Mike McCarthy, I think it's a good match um, Absolutely. You know, with those two. Uh, you know, Jason Witten, he's out the way for Blake Jarwin. Randall Cobb being replaced by C.D. Lamb. Uh, hopefully Michael Gallup staying healthy all year. Remember, you know, he was out, you know, with that torn MCL for a few weeks, mm-hmm. and he wasn't the same for a couple weeks after that, after he came back. Yeah. Uh, that would be huge. Uh, Amari Cooper, banged up, like, every game, right? Maybe he's not. <laughs> you know what I mean? So there, there, <laughs> there's room for this team to kind of, like, be in a better position, especially, with, you know, at the skill position. Um, and then you consider Zeke not holding out this year, right? He already has his contract, yeah. so he's not going to get to a slow start. We know the the you know the splits when Zeke is on on point or when he's playing uh, compared to when he's not. When you look at uh, Dak's numbers, um, Tony Pollard right coming into his second year, good offensive line. There's a lot to like <laughs> on this Cowboys offense, pass heavy offense too. We know Mike McCarthy loves to, to run three wide, so he fits with Kellen Moore well. Um, so Dak, like I, he's going. Let me see. He's going 601 in redraft. And I'm not, not a guy who likes to take um, quarterbacks in the middle rounds, but I think I Dak like- 601 is actually like a good value. Yeah. Right? And you think about it, like we talked about like the value of getting guys like Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson in probably the late second, third, early third round generally. But then you think about Dak Prescott, and we, we said there was a tier gap, but that tier doesn't equate to three whole rounds. Right. You know what I mean? So, like, that that value payoff for getting Dak Prescott in the sixth round is definitely worth it. I mean, I, I'm with you. I really don't like taking quarterbacks in that middle range. It's either I, I suck it up and I take the Lamar late in the third if he's there, or I wait until past the tenth round, and I'll get right. my QB then. But I'm, I'm definitely totally on board with not getting a quarterback uh, in the mid-rounds. But Dak Prescott makes makes sense for it. Yeah, like I'd rather take Dak Prescott. So Dak Prescott's going at 6-1. I'd rather take him there than Kyler Murray at 503. Right, and then Russell Wilson is almost at the same price as Dak, like just a couple of picks later. So, and then after that, it's just like I don't want any of the quarterbacks until late. <laughs> mumbo jumbo, mumbo jumbo, whoever yeah, exactly. in the twelfth like, round, so- <laughs> Matt Stafford in the twelfth round. <laughs> right, 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 exactly. So you mentioned Kyler Murray. Uh, he's the next guy I want to talk about. You said he was at the five hundred four. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I I have him one spot behind Dak, not because I'm expecting anything bad out of Murray expecting great things for him but you know we talked about his only positives for Murray um I mean only positives for Dak uh Murray's entering his second year he just got DeAndre Hopkins which is going to be huge for him in those four wide receivers sets Cliff Kingsbury in the second year air raid full force four wide receivers in the field Larry Kirk Hopkins maybe Andy Isabella Hakeem Butler whoever proves himself to be that fourth guy I mean Kyler Murray's set up for success he's dual threat quarterback he does a lot in the run game the o-line has improved ever so slightly but um overall all positives for murray this offseason deandre hopkins being the biggest of those positives uh, second year jump for the sophomore qb and he, he's got i mean he could be in that same t- at his very best he could be the qb1 oh yeah right that's, that's his ceiling yeah there is a world where he can be the qb1 uh, it, it just sucks because we can't get him at that type of value. Like, right. if we could get him in that 10th round, like anywhere past the 10th round, we'd be all over him. But what? after the last two years of watching Mahomes and watching Lamar, I think everybody's kind of starting to figure it out and everybody's jumping in that Kyler hype train. 
So yeah, hundred percent. And and you know him getting DeAndre Hopkins was just like the icing on the cake. Yep. You know we knew that he was going to take a, a, a you know like a little nice step forward in the second year. He's in the perfect offense. He has the weapons. Yep. Get, he got Hopkins. Kenyon Drake is going to play you know a whole year now. Um, you know and and you know he has the rushing ability. He has a knack to getting to getting in the end zone. And Hopkins is like a great you know end zone touchdown machine, right? Like. He, he's such a good <laughs> So you know, it's just a, it's just it's just great for him. And now Christian Kirk is playing the wide receiver two role, which is going to suit him better, mm-hmm. right? Like he doesn't have to face that you know that elite or you know that great coverage every single week. You know he can kind of he can kind of get open, uh, you know, a lot easier than he than he was before. A lot of that attention is going to go towards Hopkins. So he's set up for success this year for sure. Absolutely, and yeah. Uh, even Larry, I mean, I'm not. I don't think anybody's looking to draft Larry this year. But if you think about, if Kyler takes that second year jump, and then you're gonna have four wide receivers on the field, maybe not at all times, but that's you know what they're aiming for. Then Larry's still gonna get a lot of playing time. He's still gonna be on the field, and he could see some targets going his way too. So it's gonna be interesting to see how this offense comes together. And uh, I'm excited. I really want to see air raid in full force. I just wish they yeah. passed the ball a little more. I was surprised when I looked at the pass attempts for the Cardinals that I thought it was going to be a little higher, like up to the upper echelon. But I'm right. sure they'll get there next year. Yeah, I think so. I think it has a lot to do with them, you know, having a rookie quarterback and all that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And especially since their defense wasn't good either, you would also expect that to be a little up there. Yeah, absolutely. And. Uh, they got Isaiah Simmons, but I think they still got some work to do on the defensive side. Yes. So, um, another wide receiver, uh, wide receiver, another quarterback you mentioned before, Russell Wilson. He's going around the same range as Dak Prescott, a little behind him. He's got the best, arguably the best wide receiver duo of his career. Uh, and, you know, I know there's an argument between Doug Baldwin and Lockett or whatever he had before that point, but it's arguably his best duo. It's still run-heavy offense, but he's still the same incredibly efficient quarterback. And you know what's really funny? I, I found this stat when I was looking at some of the pass attempts and stuff like that. Seattle and Baltimore both were bottom 10 in pass attempts, yet Lamar and Wilson were top three in passing touchdowns. That's amazing. Like, they had the... They had... Like, Matt Ryan, he had, like, 50 <laughs> pass attempts more than anybody else. He couldn't even get top three. That's crazy. Yeah. Lamar and Russell Wilson are sitting at the bottom of the list, and they're both top three in passing touchdowns. So, Wilson hasn't lost a step. If DK Metcalf takes his second-year leap like he's expected to, hopefully he learns more routes than just running on the left side and catching the ball. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to like about Russell Wilson. I feel like we're saying so many positive things about these quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean... Listen, I'm going to say something negative right now, right? It's just like, can, can we please just get Brian Schottenheimer out of town, right? Yeah, they, they're paying him. They need to pass the ball. Pass the ball, man. Like, you have Russell Wilson. Like, he's being so efficient for you. And, yes, you know, I get it. You want to run the ball to set up the play action, all that. Russell Wilson's super efficient doing that. But, listen, put the ball in Russell Wilson's hands. You know, air it out a little bit. You know, you have some weapons now. You know, you you gotta you gotta change it up a little bit, and your defense isn't you know all that right. So it's not the Legion Boom anymore. Exactly, exactly. I get it. You know, if you had a great defense and you want to run the ball and you want to set that up, I get it. I understand, but that's not that's not what's going on here, right? Like that you have Russell Wilson, and you know he's doing everything you ask him to do, and he's 
producing at an efficient level. Um, but for fantasy, you know, it's cool and everything. You know, a lot of that came late in games and stuff, and, and I personally don't want to depend on that, right? And that's why I'd rather have Dak, you know, m- maybe a couple picks early around that same price mm-hmm. um, because I know that they're going to pass the ball. Their, their yeah. offense is based around, you know, passing the ball, so I'd rather go in that direction. And he has the wheels, too. You know, and he's going to get rushing touchdowns. So I'd rather go in that direction. i even rather go Kyler Murray uh, because, you know, he's in that type yeah. of offense, too. Right. So I, I do favor the system and I don't want to like lean like, you know, me, you know, people hear me talk about it all the time. But, you know, I don't like leaning towards efficiency. Right. I'd rather lean on volume. You know, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So I for fantasy. Right. Obviously, yeah, Russell Wilson, for me, he's a better quarterback than both of those guys in real yep. life. Uh, but, you know, if for fantasy, like uh, give me the volume, uh, you know, especially when it's combined with talent with talented players around that quarterback with an offensive system that's kind of what i rather lean towards you're, you're a, a take the guarantees type guy yeah the take the guarantees and also what's the upside exactly. right like russell wilson he he himself as a quarterback has the upside of being the best quarterback in the league right mm-hmm. but at the same time his offensive his offense isn't set up for him to throw 40 touchdowns you know um so that's that's the real issue i have there right? now well, it's funny enough. Is there a world where halfway through the season they're like, "All right, let's pass, let's let's start passing"? Yeah, hundred percent. They fire Brian Schottenheimer, right, and then bring someone it's else possible. in. I mean, it, oh, it's very possible. And if that but happens, you, but it's it's probably unlikely though, because as long as you have Russell Wilson running that offense, it won't look bad enough to the point where they say this guy needs to be fired. Well, listen, if if Chris Carden, Chris Chris Carson isn't the same guy. That's true, right? Like, where does that where does that running cars go? Oh. Oh, no. Yeah, exactly. It's, it might not be pretty. It might not be pretty, and then you're gonna have to uh, do something different. Um, yes, maybe if if Chris Car- Carson isn't the same guy, Carlos Hyde can't handle that type of load. Um, then yeah, maybe they're forced to do it with Brian, Brian Schottenheimer being the guy. You know what I mean? Um, it's, it's it is possible. It's a good point. It could happen. I mean, we don't want to draft him banking on the fact that right. the office Especially at his might fire. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so next up, we got Deshaun Watson and Josh Allen. So both rushing quarterbacks. Uh, obviously, Deshaun Watson, it, it seems like they sprung a leak, right? They sprung a leak in the hole and sprung a leak in the, they sprung a leak in the ship. And they're trying to plug that hole. With, you know, you got DJ. We have Brandon Cooks. We have Randall Cobb. Do you, do you think that's enough? I mean, I it's not in my head. I want to say it is because it's three different guys. But at the same time, there's just no replacing that talent. I feel like inserting Brandon Cooks in this offense is equal to inserting Kenny Stills in this offense last year. It's like you have a deep threat guy. In you know maybe their skill sets aren't the same exact way, but as in terms of importance, I feel like it's almost doing the same thing. You know, it's not a DeAndre Hopkins. He doesn't have that kind of guy anymore. Sure, you have Randall Cobb in the slot. Sure, you have DJ for the dump-off passes, but it's not going to be the same. And he takes a hit because of that, but not as much of a hit. You know, trying to plug the holes with those guys did help a little bit. You know, it didn't do nothing. But at the same time, like, Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller are one injury, one concussion away from missing the whole entire year. So... You could still be short on wide receivers when it comes up to it. Yeah, I mean, look at their banged up wide receivers, right? They got Brandon Cooks, who's one concussion away from uh, like being done career being right? done. <laughs> you have uh, Will Fuller, 
right? Obviously, mm-hmm. right? Like everybody's sweetheart every single year. Like, please just stay healthy because you'll be amazing, right? And how 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 great is he going to be without uh, DeAndre Hopkins on the field, right? Yeah. Um, and then uh, Kiki Cutie, another guy who can't stay on the field. Uh, <laughs> and then you have Kenny Stills, you know, who has been misused, right? This is the offense. This they just misuse everybody, right? Duke Johnson, they misused him. They they misuse oh. Kenny Stills. I can't imagine them using Brandon Cooks in 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 the best way that he's he's be able to be used. Um, so it just for me, like I'm staying away from Will Fuller. I mean, he's being drafted. Where is he being drafted? Seventh round? Let's see. Probably. Yes, end of sixth round. Um, so like, yeah, no, I'm good, man. Like, you know. Losing DeAndre Hopkins is a big deal. You know, he was catching double-digit touchdowns, you know, and he was such a – they were just force-feeding him the ball. You know, obviously David Johnson is going to – David Johnson is going to be a big part of the passing game, I think. That's why they acquired him. Um, Or that's that's why they acquired him. They acquired him, so they have to. I think that's how I look at it. Um, And that's just going to reduce, you know, his average depth of of target, right? Um, Because Mm -hmm. he's he's, – who are we talking about right now? Watson. <laughs> Sean Watson <laughs> isn't isn't the, isn't the type of guy who dumps it off like at all. Yeah. Right. So if he starts doing that, and if that becomes a main part of the game plan, then that goes down too. So it's not like he's going to throw for way more. Uh, he's not going to have way more attempts every game. But mm-hmm. if that goes down, then his fantasy value goes down too. I feel like um, that offensive line has improved. Yeah. Um, over the course of the years, it's not the same where. Watson would be sacked in every single play. But I feel like without Hopkins there, he's going to end up scrambling a lot more, which could be, you know, it's not necessarily good, but it could be for his fantasy value. I Mm -hmm. mean, if he he doesn't have that Hopkins safety blanket, he might end up holding the ball longer, running with the ball more, getting away from defenders. And we saw what we did in the playoffs. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe um, he, maybe he actually like puts a lot more on his shoulders. mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which might end up being a good so thing. So many possibilities. <laughs> if he gets hurt. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, it's, it's possible that, you know, when the quarterbacks do put a lot on their shoulders, as long as they're healthy, they put up good fantasy points yeah. most of the time. So, you know, it could happen. And he has the talent to do it. But does he have the talent around him? Does he have the offensive system around him? That's, that's I just question all of that. Yeah, and, and I feel like over the years, they've they've wanted to get him that guy to dump off the ball to. They've tried to make Kiki Kuti that guy. Um, and it's worked from time to time, but he can't stay on the field. So now they said, okay, we'll give you David Johnson. We'll give you Randall Cobb. So if you're scrambling, hopefully you can pass in one of these two guys. Um, we'll give you the two speedsters on the outside. Kenny Stills is the fill-in guy. So I Randall mean, Cobb, too, though. Randall Cobb is the guy who gets hurt all the time, too. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy what they're doing. And even David Johnson, Johnson over the last couple of years, he's had injury issues, too. Exactly. So... We'll see what happens. I mean, I, I still have him ranked, um, I think, what is it, sixth, seventh, something like that, just because, obviously, his rushing floor, and uh, he still has okay enough weapons around him to get the job done. Um, so, yeah. Now, next guy I talked about before, Josh Allen. I mean, his situation has gotten a lot better, too. His rushing ability is going to keep him very, he's going to keep him in the top ten, at least, no matter how inaccurate of a passer he is. Um, Moss, Zach Moss, the guy that drafted, he could hurt his uh, rush, rushing touchdowns, but Frank Gore didn't. So there's a chance he stays in that 
I don't know how many he got, like, eight last year. He got, like, eight the year before as well. Um, someone brought up an interesting stat, though. I wish I could remember their Twitter username. I was looking for it earlier, and I couldn't find it. I saw it so long ago. I didn't think it would relate, but now it does. Um, she said something along the lines of, like, like half of Josh Allen's rushing touchdowns came after Frank Gore had, had a failed attempt. Something along the lines of, like, every time Frank Gore failed, they would put Josh Allen in. Interesting. So, if you have, like, Zach Moss, if he's more efficient, we could see Josh Allen's rushing touchdowns cut in half. Um, so, that, that's an interesting... I wish I could have the exact stat. You see <laughs> no, yeah, I, I get that. It seems like that stat might be more circumstanced than anything else, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it could okay. be. Yeah, it could be more circumstance because but at the same time, if Zach Moss establishes himself rushing, you know, in that short yardage, they may not have Josh Allen do that all that much anymore. Yeah, I mean, Zach Moss isn't really that guy who's going to be, you know, the pounder, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he he he, I, he he's a decent complement uh, to Devin Singletary, but like he doesn't really profile as a guy who like has to get all the goal line carries, right? Uh, and maybe they like Frank Gore because he's the guy who will get you that one or two yards, no matter what. Um, but he's at the age where it's just like, all right, is he going to really? You, you know, it's 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 tough to tough to say that. But I, I do think the one-two combination of Zach Moss and Devin Singletary is going to turn out to be one of the better better backfields in the league. Absolutely, and we didn't even mention that uh, Stefan Diggs. I mean, that's going to be huge for Josh Allen. I think I, I really like Stefan Diggs for this year. I mean, we saw what John John Brown did in year one with uh, Josh Allen, and I mean. Stefan Diggs alone, his talent and his route running and everything can make the job for Josh Allen so much easier, right? I mean, if you have John Brown on one side, Stefan Diggs, Cole Beasley in the middle, maybe you have Dawson Knox taking that year year two step, just another guy to throw to. I mean, and if anything, this is another year for Josh Allen in the same system, so maybe he improves at all. So overall, what did he, what was he like, the QB6 last year, Josh Allen in the year? Yeah, he, and he was consistent too. He had a high floor. Exactly. So now you add in all that, maybe he could be even higher. I have him at like seven. I still have him in that 10 range. Right. Uh, he definitely belongs in the QB1 territory for sure. Yeah, 100%. I mean, Josh Allen's being drafted as a QB11 right now. And that's probably his floor, right? Like, yeah. It's probably lower than his floor, to be honest with you. I'm totally good with him. Ninth round. You know what I mean? Like, he's yeah. the reason why I'm willing to wait for a quarterback, right? He's one of the reasons mm-hmm. why I'm willing to wait. So ninth round, I'm totally happy with that. Um, he just got the best route runner in the league, and Stefan Diggs. He's a true, he's a true one, right? And he kind of already almost had that in John Brown, who's also one of the top route runners in the league. Yeah. So right now, number one, number one and two, two of the best route runners in the league, probably the best combination of route runners in the league um, as far as the two wide receivers on the same team. Um, Cole Beasley is a great slot receiver too. Yeah, exactly. You have Cole Beasley in the slot who who plays that position very well. Um, so he's sitting pretty with his weapons. And then you mentioned um, his two running backs, Singletary. He's a he's a good receiver out of the backfield. Zach Moss as well. Um, so and then you, you then on top of that he has the rushing ability. Could get you some touchdowns. He's going to have a nice floor because of that rushing ability. So as my QB one, like I'm happy. Absolutely. Happy with a guy like Josh Allen. There's another guy I'm really happy to wait on, and that's Carson Wentz. A lot of people seem to be flip-flopping Carson Wentz, but he was a top-10 QB last year. And what really went unnoticed is that he played 16 full games. Like He played the whole entire year. He kind of beat that um, injury bug. Uh, what was it? He had torn ACL two years ago now? 
Uh, yeah, and he had the he had that other issue. What was it like? A, like a what issue did he have here after that? It wasn't the ACL that was the issue. Something, Something like he heard a body part. Yeah. but he's two years <laughs> he's two years removed from having that ACL injury. Two years removed for whatever body part he hurt that year. Um, he this is my favorite stat with him. He, you probably know he he threw for over four thousand yards, and none of his wide receivers had over five hundred yards receiving. I mean, dude, like, yeah, he got over the injury bug. Carson Wentz got over the injury bug last year, but look at who he was playing with. Like, exactly. his his whole team, his team was decimated, right? And like, he had a great touchdown to interception ratio, with all things considered. Um, and what's really interesting is I, I think something sparked with the Eagles last year when they saw that first game with Carson Wentz and Deshaun Jackson, where he just went. went Totally nuts, right? And Deshaun Jackson's like what forty points or something crazy yep. like that. He just went totally off. Carson Wentz. I think that was his best game of the year, fantasy. Right. And that was week one. So what do they do the next season? They say, okay, we want to throw the ball deep. We have Deshaun Jackson healthy. We're going to get Marquise Goodwin. We're going to draft the fastest wide receiver. Well, second fastest. I'm sure they love would have loved to get their hands on Henry Ruggs, but they got Jalen Rigger and. They want to make it a point to throw deep, and that could really help Wentz. I mean, between all these guys, we have both the tight ends. You hope some of these wide receivers can stay healthy. He's in a better position. And even just recently, Brandon Brooks got hurt. They still have a great offensive line. They could still bring Jason Peters back as well. So, I mean, there's a lot of positives for Wentz, and I think he could easily move into that top five QB at the end of the year if he... You know, if if he doesn't get hurt and some of his receivers stay healthy, maybe Alshon Jeffrey, we don't know when he's going to come back. He'll probably end up starting the year on the pup list. But if he comes back, he can have a full receiver core for, like, the first time in his career. And who knows what he can do with that. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Like, I, I don't get the flack that he's been getting. Like, Carson Wentz has been Not getting. Because, you know, he hasn't been – He's been, he was hurt, yes. And maybe you, you consider him injury-prone, sure. But he was playing all year long last year. Um, but his his weapons were just banged up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Alshon was in and out of the lineup. Deshaun Jackson was hardly playing at all. Um, and now, like you said, he got all the speed in the world. Jalen Rager, Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson's still good, by the way. I always yep. want to say that. I think I say that every year. Uh, but this year, <laughs> you, looked at, you looked at his numbers last year. He's still good when he's on the field. If he stays healthy, he'll be fine. Um and like you said, Marquise Goodwin. So they have the speed, right? Uh, Alshon Jeffrey, who knows when he's going to be back. But I don't know if it really matters that much, right? Because mm-hmm. you have Zach Ertz, right? Um, you have yeah, uh, a great second tight end. Uh, that I'm forgetting his name right Dallas now. Dallas Goddard. <laughs> you have Dallas Goddard, right? And, um, and you have Miles Sanders, right? So you yeah. have the short to intermediate guys right there. And and we talked about Miles Sanders before where, you know, he's really good at catching catching the ball out of the backfield against linebackers, down the field against mm-hmm. linebackers too. So, you know, Carson Wentz kind of has some weapons here. You know, it's going to be interesting. And remember, uh, Rager, like, he he profiles as, a, as like, an alpha wide receiver one, right? Obviously, he's had his fair share of injuries. But, you know, if he can stay on the field, um, you know, he might have you might have to pay attention to him even in year one. Yeah, you, you think? Here with like eight injury-prone wide receivers, if half of them could stay on the field, it could be. A <laughs> that's so true. He's good. That, that's what, John you Jackson. just gotta pile yeah. all of them together and be like, okay, can four of you just not not even all at the same time? Just four of you. You take a break, then you guys stay healthy. <laughs> like whatever it has to be, as long as right. someone's on the field for him to throw to. <laughs> um, 
So next up, we have the last two guys in the top 10 over here, uh, Matt Ryan and Drew Brees. I have Matt Ryan one spot higher. Brees is sitting at 10 spot for me. This, this is my favorite, favorite trend with Matt Ryan. And I don't know how or why this happens. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, you do it. It's, it's, okay, I'll do it. So since 2012, that's eight years of data. Matt Ryan has, in, in even number years, we've narrowed it down to even number years. Um, he's finished as a top seven QB or better. And in odd number years, he's finished as, let me see, outside the top 10 QBs. So 2012, QB7. 13, QB15. 2014, QB7. 2015, 19. Then 2, 5, uh, 2, 15, 2, 11. Now we're in 20. That's all I got. No, I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) Well, he's going to be number two this year. (laughs) He's going to be number two. They led the league in pass attempts last year by a good amount. They're probably um, going still, to again. They're probably going to again. It's Derek Cutter's offense. That's all they do. Right. They just air it out the whole entire time. Uh, I gave him some slack for not having enough passing touchdowns, but I mean, you have Calvin Ridley still there, Julio Jones still there. You have Hayden Hurst who's there. You have Todd Gurley in the backfield. Uh, you know, then Todd Gurley in the backfield's a little sexier than having Devontae Freeman, who's on one leg or not playing up to his potential. But point being, like, Matt Ryan could very well explode again this year. Yeah, 100%. Um, I I don't know. Like, he's kind of in that no-man's land when it comes to price, right? Yeah. He's like the middle of the seventh. He's the middle of the seventh round, right? So it's just like, eh, like, could I get, like, a really nice wide receiver there or do I go Matt Ryan? And and that's, that's the tough part. So, you know, he has the guys. He likes to spread the ball around. He goes for the open guy, right? Um, Calvin Ridley can take a step forward this year potentially, so maybe that'll help him, right? Um, there are a lot of vacated targets. I th- actually, I think the Falcons have the most vacated targets of any uh, team in the NFL. Um, I think between Hooper, whatever Sanu left behind, and Devontae Freeman, yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> and, and and all the other ancillary guys that <laughs> that, that Matt Ryan throws to because he spreads it out. More than yeah. most quarterbacks do. Russell um, Gage. Russell Gage, right? Like he had, he averaged more targets than Muhammad Sanu did after mm-hmm. Muhammad Sanu left. Um, so he's going to get his fair share as well. So which kind of sucks when you think about Calvin Ridley's like potential, right? Calvin Ridley, he's one of the best route runners in the, route runners in the league as well. But mm-hmm. you know, he it's like all the opportunity with him. Like give him targets. You know what I mean? Like he deserves ten plus targets. Julio deserves ten plus targets. Just give it to him. And if you give it to him, Matt Ryan's going to do well. Right, because Absolutely. there's a higher chance of him getting those touchdowns if he targets those guys. Uh, is it going to happen though? I don't know. Now, Dirk Cutter does have history of supporting two wide receivers at a very, very high level, high mm-hmm. end. He supported two wide receiver ones multiple times in his career, both with Matt Ryan in the past in his first stint with the with the Falcons. So it can happen again. This is the second year. Uh, in the second stint with Dirk Cutter for Matt Ryan. <laughs> so when he's in his second year, usually, you know, he does take get the boom years. years. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it could happen. Uh, at his price, I'm okay with it. But, you know, listen, is Matt Ryan, yeah. is nothing sexy about Matt Ryan, right? So there's a, there's a potential that he falls, right? So if he falls into like the middle of the eighth, or early ninth round, you got to consider him. Absolutely. And if you're in a two QB league, um, he might be a good... Like let's say if you pass on getting that elite QB one, 
maybe you see Matt Ryan hanging out there in like the fifth, sixth round. You haven't taken a QB yet. He might be a good number one guy. Yeah, no, so. that's, a great, that's a great point because you want to like if you miss out on the league guys, you want to kind of it, for your first quarterback like an anchor. You want to anchor your yeah, quarterback. You want to anchor, and you want a guy who has the upside. And since his Absolutely. offense provides the most pass attempts <laughs> in the league, mm-hmm. that provides a, an obvious data point. You know what I mean? Um, so Matt Ryan is going in the in the beginning of the fourth round in two, in two, Q- QB? two QB leagues between Drew Brees and Baker Mayfield. So that's a no brainer right there. Baker. <laughs> yeah, didn't expect to hear that name that early. <laughs> that is interesting. It really is. So the last guy having this top ten right here, uh, you just mentioned him, Drew Brees. Um, I, at first I was really torn with Brees. I was like, okay, he's in his forties, and in the playoffs he really hasn't looked too hot in the last couple of years. He had that injury to his thumb last year, but he averaged twenty two point seven points per game. After his injury last season, this is and that's a, like was it his throwing finger? I don't even remember. Yeah, I think it was, it was his throwing finger. It was yeah. his thumb on his throwing finger. Yes, mm-hmm. and after well, that injury, wasn't his thumb on his throwing finger, right? Well, his, his throwing hand, throwing. whatever, whatever. He didn't right? throw good. with his. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Sorry, well, to... you know what I meant. Oh yeah, I, oh trust me, I, I probably I just if you said that, I'd probably <laughs> anyway. say the same thing too. It's fine. Um. So he averaged 22.7 games after the injury to his thumb. Uh, and in that span, he was the QB. Well, in that span with that points per game, he would have been the two B, the QB two on the year. So um, oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. Yep. Uh, this is might be the last year in the league. So he could give it everything he's got. Um, he's He's got a healthy Camaro now. He's got Michael Thomas. He's got Cook. He's got a second wide receiver. For like the first time, maybe in his career, with with Emmanuel <laughs> Sanders, and Emmanuel Sanders is still good, by the way. I know you talk yes. about the Sean Jackson still good. Emmanuel Sanders, I will not stop talking about this. He played 17 games last year. He came back ahead of schedule from a torn Achilles at the end of 2018. He played all 17 games and started them, and played all the way up to the Super Bowl, and still played at a decent to high level at that straight, time. Straight, straight baller. Straight ball, and he's he over 30. Straight baller. So Emmanuel Sanders he is still is legit good. Like, if you think about Drew Brees and you're like, oh, he doesn't really support a second wide receiver, mm-hmm. blah blah blah. You know, that's just it's not going to be Ted Ginn for. Yeah, it's like you got. You, would you have? You have Ted Ginn. You Michael had, Thomas and Brandon Cooks that one year. Yeah, and Michael Cooks was and, and and basically Cooks did the same shit he's done on every other team. So it's just it's not like you know he was supposed he underachieved. No, he just did what exactly what he normally does. Um, right? You had Brandon Cooks. You had um, uh, who, who was it who played in the slot with who, who came who came who who was injured like crazy. He came over from uh, where did he come Sneed. over from? Um, yeah, he had yeah Willie Sneed. So it's not like he had like these guys who. Um, you know, and, and who was the second year player that was supposed to break out who had that? Traquan Smith. Traquan Smith, right? So, um, yeah, these are his guys. Yes, they, do they have, did they have potential? Sure. But nobody had the pedigree like Emmanuel Sanders. And is this the best, uh, like, set of weapons that, I mean, it, it's hard to, like, think about that. Like, he's had Marquise Colston. Yeah, yeah. He's so had good. Jimmy Graham in his prime. But, yeah. I mean, if you look at it, like, Michael Thomas... Jared Cook, who's definitely a serviceable tight end. You have Alvin Kamara, one of the better, if not one of the best passing uh, running backs and uh, receiving running backs in the game. Emmanuel Sanders is that number two. I mean, 
it, it's a good core. And the only it's thing I'm worried about what he's had over the past like I don't know, five years, maybe. He's going into the year healthy, but I, I and he's got the top five upside. But right. I just can't help and get frustrated every time I see Taysom Hill on the field. 100%. And they say, you know, Taysom Hill's their future at quarterback. And Drew Brees would have no problem with Taysom Hill coming in and taking some extra snaps this year. That's something that was said a little while ago. So we could see more fuckery like that. We could see them yep. get close to the red zone and Taysom Hill comes in and tries to run it or whatever the hell. They... And, and the most annoying part about Taysom Hill coming in and doing that is that he's successful every time he does it. Yeah. That's the most annoying part is that he comes in, he does some weird run around loop or maybe right. he catches it or throws like a you know a little side pass. Has, he still hasn't thrown a touchdown, by the way. That's the funniest part, too. It's yeah. like he will do everything except catch or throw a touchdown when he gets to that point. Can, can Either just, way, it takes away points from him. Can I just tell you what his uh, his contract was real quick? Tis so he signed a one-year $16 million contract. Is that what it was? Oh, my God. So he is going to make – yep. So he is going to make $16 million in 2020, um, which is absolutely ridiculous for somebody who never even – through a touchdown pass. So get out of here with that. It's um, crazy. And that that only tells me they want to have more involved with the offense. And I know people are going to say, there are people who don't pay attention. There are people who are going to say, oh, well, they changed him to a tight end flex on ESPN. So doesn't that mean he's not, <laughs> right. not going to play quarterback a lot? No, that's what ESPN says. That's not what the team says. He's still going to play quarterback. They see him as his future. James Winston's there too, for whatever the hell that's worth. I don't know. Right. James Wilson might be their future man. You never know. You never know. You never know. It's possible. It's a waste of sixty million dollars. That's all. Something that's underrated too. When you think about Drew Brees, that this could be a run-heavy offense, right? It, you know, they have Latavius Murray, right? Who's who's a good running back. Um, you have uh, Alvin Kamara. He's like actually Latavius Murray is a, like is a, at the borderline of good, right? I would say he's like maybe like if it's five is good, he's like a five point three. Right? The then you have Alvin Kamara, obviously. So, you know, a lot of this, this, this um, offense can be run through their backfield, right, especially if Kamara is healthy. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, the possibility of that is, is likely, especially with, like, do they really want to put everything on Drew B's shoulders? I, I don't think so. Um, so that if their running game is successful and their defense did get better, um, I'm not sure that um, this is going to be an offense that's going to be, like, super pass-heavy. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I don't really know if they're going to do that. It's possible, though. Like you said, we can't rule that out as a possibility. They did pass a good amount more than average towards the end of the year in Drew Brees 22.7 points right. per game span. Right. So and You have to consider how banged up uh, Alvin Kamara was the rest of the year after that, after he uh, had a high ankle sprain, too. Absolutely. So... That that's gonna round up the top ten. I have a couple more guys I still want to mention. Taysom here. Hill um, is twenty nine years old, and he hasn't thrown a damn touchdown. He's twenty nine. Yeah, he's twenty nine. <laughs> <laughs> he's their future. <laughs> what do you expect him to like <laughs> play as long as Tom Brady and Drew Brees? Come on, man. Crazy. <sighs> I'm never. I, I don't think you're ever gonna How get over that. Is he like twenty five, twenty six? <laughs> James Winston's 26, man. He turned 26 in January. Give me Jameis. Anyway. Sorry. Anyway. It's, okay. it's okay. Take your frustrations out. It's a hard time for everyone. Um, another guy I want to mention, Danny Dimes. So, 
Danny Dimes, everybody's favorite sleeper this year, including mine. Uh, he's I, I, Can we even call him a sleeper anymore? I don't even know where he's being drafted. But last year was his rookie year, and he was kind of hit or miss for a lot of the year. He made a lot of mistakes in terms of turnovers and interceptions, fumbles, carrying on the Eli tradition. But, um, you know, he, he had some great moments, too. There was, I think... So he finished top two four times in the in the course of 16 weeks. So, I mean, that's the type of upside you want with a quarterback because when a quarterback, when Danny Dimes is able to finish, and one of them was his first start, like right. ever, touching the field in a real NFL game. He finishes the top two quarterback in that week. So he's finished the top two quarterback four times. Two of those times he was number one. And the other times he was number two was right behind Lamar Jackson. So... He's got a better offensive line. He's got a healthy Saquon Barkley. He's got Darius Slayton in the year two. You got Sterling Shepard who's entering the year healthy. Golden Tate. You have Evan Ingram entering the year healthy. You have Kane Smith as that backup tight end. You have an Oh wait, 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 hold on. I think Evan Ingram just got hurt. Oh, he did? Yeah, just after you said that. Yeah. So you, you have Caden Smith you have Caden Smith. Every, I don't think he can stay as healthy as healthy as you say. <laughs> you know, like whatever right you say he's healthy, like you gotta cross your fingers and your toes. Yeah, you know, see my hands, but they're down here. Like. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the offensive line has improved through the draft. Um, they, I mean, they, they picked the safest offensive lineman for a reason. They could have went with yeah. uh, Jedrick Wills, but they felt Andrew Thomas was the safest of them, and he, you know that that was the consensus around the league. So. I think they even got another offensive lineman in the third round who could fill in on that right tackle if needed. They have uh, Will Hernandez as a guard. Like this line has improved. Daniel Jones is entering his second year. He he could boom. I talked about. We saw the boom. We saw QB one. He he was top two QB in those four weeks. So it, it's very possible he gets to that potential. And like you said, you want to go for quarterbacks with upside, and you know they're going to be passing the ball a ton. So especially with Jason Garrett there too. Yeah, no, I, I hear that, and and I and I, I like him because when a quarterback shows these high spikes and 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 big games, you're like, all right, well, he has some potential. There is some ceiling there. Uh, but then you could have said the same thing um, about Mitch Trubisky, right? Mitch Trubisky, when you look at his rest in peace, when you look at his 2018 season, it was very similar, right? Like. He had those big games where you know he would have like a you know thirty point game, thirty two point game here and there. Um, you know what I'd say to that though is that right? we know who Mitch Trubisky is at this point in his career. This oh, is Daniel Jones. Now we know who year. he is, but we didn't yeah. know who he was coming after twenty eighteen. Okay, we thought that he could have some sort of spike. Also, at least I, at least I looked at that and said, okay, maybe he has a little bit of potential if he can put it all together. You know, he has a guy, he has a he has a good head coach in Matt Nagy who can kind of get it together. Um, you know, for his quarterback. Um, and, you know, I honestly wouldn't um, uh, discount Pat Shermer, you know, in, in all this because he's a little bit of a quarterback whisperer. You know what I mean? He, he's put quarterbacks in positions uh, to succeed, right? You know, he's had... Um, Other than his son. Ooh. Oh, that's a good one. Ooh. Good one. Probably didn't coach him well. Uh, <laughs> but, like... You know, uh, Case Keenum in Minnesota, right? Like, he had his best year under him. Yep. Um, even Sam Bradford was showing a little bit of flash under him. Like, oh, my God, Sam Bradford actually good. Uh, but then he got hurt, and then Case Keenum took over, right? Um, so, you know, he's had guys like, you know, who's – and then you had Daniel Jones last year who's sh who showed flashes. Um, so, you know, Sherman's a guy who I thought that – now, 
him going to Denver is actually part of the reason why um, Drew Locke and his situation. There's one of other guys I want to talk about. Um, but, you know, we'll talk about Drew Locke. But, um, you know, I personally, like, I, I like Daniel Jones um, because of his weapons more so than him. Um, I like the fact that he runs a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there is a little bit of upside there. I just don't know if it's like, if you're, you, with him, I feel like you're only chasing upside. And there isn't as much of a, of a solid, you know, floor with him because you can find solid floors uh, at his price range. Absolutely, and it's going to boil down to price. But you you mentioned Drew Lock before, so I, I want to get into Drew Lock a little bit. Um, Drew Lock, you want when do you start this one? When you, when you sure, sure. One? So yeah, and and, and I mentioned Dan, um, I, I mentioned uh, Pat Shermer, right? Mm-hmm. Now when you look at Drew Lock going into this year, his offensive line isn't bad. Um, they added Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler to the wide receiver core. They already had Cortland Sutton, uh, Noah Fant going into his second year. He caught 40 balls for 562 yards as a rookie, right? Yeah, That's sure. legit. That's legit for a rookie. Melvin Gordon coming in. He's going to help in the passing game. Uh, and then like I mentioned, Pat Shermer, he, he had his fair share of relative success with quarterbacks who we haven't really seen a lot of success from typically, right? Uh, he likes his quarterback to run. You know, in offense where like short, high, uh, high percentage throws, and then shooting for big plays on play action, right? Uh, so that's a good recipe for a young quarterback. So the fact that that's what he likes to do: short, intermediate uh, plays. For and the then Jerry part. Judy fits that. Perfect. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Especially like if they're gonna like play him in the slot a little bit, that'll be nice. Um, so I think Shermer's going to help Noah Fant as well. Um, he was a former tight end coach. We saw Kyle Rudolph's touchdown production spike when Shermer called the plays in Minnesota, right? Um, mm-hmm. Case Keenum played well under Shermer that year. Don't um, don't discount Albert O either. Okay, little sleeper. Albert, I'm not gonna be able to. Know. I could stare at his last name and not know how to pronounce it. <laughs> Albert Aquabinagan. He apparently he was his go-to guy in Mizzou. Nice, and nice. Uh, he was okay. their tight end there, and the Broncos drafted him just for a familiar face. Maybe if they do some 12 personnel, we could see Alberto get involved. But, I, I, you know, in terms of dynasty, I don't want to discount him for the future. Year one, maybe not so much. But if you're talking about is true, maybe um, Noah Fant gets hurt. Alberto could be someone to really look out for. Interesting. Okay. Well, so under Shermer, Daniel Jones threw 24 touchdowns as a rookie. Right, yeah. and that's 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 legit. That's pretty good. Um, he made some nice throws last season. He showed promise. Um, I, I, I'm saying like Drew Locke uh, made some nice throws last season. Mm-hmm. And he he showed some promise. So um, I think he can make a second year jump. His price makes it even better. Right, this isn't some hype train we're following like like Baker Mayfield mm-hmm. last season. Right, I think this it, really it kind of is, but it's not to that extent. Yeah, exactly. Like like it's not. It's really about the price because you were mm-hmm. paying for Baker Mayfield last year before he did anything. Right, obviously he they added some weapons for him and all that, um, but you know it, it's it, for with, with Drew Lock like he's going in the eleventh round, right? Um, and like I'm not saying that Drew Lock is going to be my quarterback too. Like I'm going to have him on my bench. No, he's going to be my quarterback one. Like if I'm drafting a quarterback in the eleventh round, yep. he's going to be my quarterback one, right? If I already drafted a quarterback, I'm not looking for a quarterback in the eleventh round. I'm going upside at other positions. So he is one of like the late quarterback picks if I punt. The quarterback position and one thing i love about Locke is that 
He has Elway as a mentor. He has Peyton Manning, who he's been in contact with as a mentor. He won four out of the five games when he came in off injury last year. Um, One of those games, uh, I think he had like 25, 30 points in terms of fantasy, but he he was a little spotty in other games. Overall, um, he's got a huge arm. You know, hopefully they allow him to use that a little more. And there's been nothing but positives this offseason about Drew Locke, about his work ethic, and about how he's um, make, he's uh, taking those extra steps to get in touch with his receivers, and he's acting like a leader. So everything I've seen from Drew Locke has been positive so far. He's in a good position to succeed between Shermer and uh, just all the weapons he has in general. So, I mean, the 11th round is a great price. We're talking about some of these guys that can blow up. I mean, maybe he doesn't necessarily blow up to top five potential. But I don't think top ten is out of the question at all. Yeah, I think he could be a serviceable QB1. Consistent QB1. <laughs> so, let's see. I have two more names I want to bring up here. And then we'll, you know, uh, quick hit some sleepers as we hit this one hour mark. <laughs> <laughs> Um, some of the guys I want to mention, Matt Stafford, Tom Brady, uh, Matt Stafford, he was fifth in points per game last year. Like that, that was, I mean, before he got injured, he was doing very, very well. And, you know, he had Marvin Jones, he had Kenny Galladay, and this was supposedly a run heavy offense. So for him to be fifth in points per game, he has two great wide receivers. Uh, he's going to have second year TJ Hawkinson. They gave him another pass-catching running back with DeAndre Swift. And, you know, he's going to be entering 2020 healthy, at least so we believe. And with all that together, I mean, I, I just... You, you look at a situation like that, and you don't... You say, like, how can he do worse, right? Like, with, you know, like... I, and he's about... Where, where's he being drafted? Do you have that in front of you? Yeah, I do. <laughs> in, in one quarterback leagues, uh, he's being drafted in the 10th round. And then in two quarterback leagues, he's being drafted, drafted in the sixth. So I think both, both great values. Absolutely. Both great values. Yeah, I mean, he's one of those guys that if you, if you want a serviceable quarterback with upside every single week, it's him. Uh, because he has the weapons as well. Um, remember, you know, he has two of the guys that can bring down so much of his percentage of touchdowns in Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay, and that that itself is is worth drafting him. T.J. Hawkinson can take a step forward, right? Um, you know, and, and they drafted DeAndre Swift, you know, who's a great pass catcher. So there's a lot uh, there's a lot to like for Matthew Stafford going into this year. Remember, like even before before this year, like before 2019, like he was banged up a lot over the past yeah. season, the two seasons before that. So um, he's a guy that like like you said. In this offense, he was actually playing really well um, in real life and for fantasy. So why not? Yeah, and the defense. I mean, they have a rookie corner leading the way. They still have, like, virtually no linebackers. That defensive line isn't anything special. So they, they still have a lot of holes on defense, too, which and is going to cause them to pass more. So, yeah, seriously, yeah. <laughs> so uh, Tom Brady also. I don't know how I feel about Tom Brady. Like, as I'm a Patriots, Patriots fan, fan. I'm a Patriots fan. What do you know? Seeing him on a different team, I, I, I'm not even being biased, but this is his first system outside of Belichick. So there is that question of like, is it is he the goat or no? Nah, I I can't even say that without like smirking because I know he's the goat. But point <laughs> being, 
this is not a lot of people are saying that you know Tom Brady's going to walk into Tampa Bay and he's automatically going to be a top five quarterback, a top ten quarterback. This isn't necessarily going to be a pass heavy team like we've seen because I mean James Winston was forced to pass, but the amount that he turned over the ball, I mean he had to pass, he had to play catch up all the time. Brady, he's you know he's smart, he's decisive. Even at forty three years old, he can make the short throw, short intermediate throws that they need to do to get the ball down the field. They have a much better defense now. When you get a guy like Brady, you want a game manager to take you to the Super Bowl. You're not draft, you know, you're, you're not picking up Brady to oh, one Buccaneers assistant coach has tested positive for COVID, and two other Tampa Bay assistants have been quarantined. Ooh, I'm not drafting Tom Brady now. What what you know Smitty made an argument. Smitty made an argument with Zeke Elliott that he has COVID nineteen. So when he recovers, his value for twenty twenty could be higher because he can't get it again. Oh goodness. <laughs> <laughs> but think about that. What if what if Tom gets it? You know, what if Tom gets COVID and then he gets Right. He gets is a it? he is a senior citizen. So that's true. There that is a concern. <laughs> well, I'm saying, what if he gets it and he gets past it? His value could go up. But um, <laughs> that's true. Maybe right, I don't and, know. And we don't have all the data. We don't know. What if he can get it twice? I don't know. <laughs> Tom Brady is a guy who seems like he can get it twice and beat it twice. <laughs> Not know he has. <laughs> but so, I mean, for Brady, this is arguably the best weapons he's had between Mike Evan, but definitely the best wide receivers. But, I mean, Gronk, he's got O.J. Howard, Cameron Brait. I don't want to discount. By the way, Cameron Brait seems like the perfect... Like, if they didn't take Gronk, Cameron Brait just seemed like the... I don't know why, me as a Patriots fan, I just imagine Cameron Brait being the go-to guy for Brady in the red zone. Like, he's been the go-to guy for Winston in the past. I just imagine, like, who else but Cameron Brait? I don't know why. It was just some guy Tom Brady would pick up. But he has a lot of great weapons with him. So, uh, it, it seems like... He's almost required to throw for a certain amount of yardage because of the guys he has. If he wants to support two wide receiver ones, he's going to have to throw the ball enough and complete the ball enough for that to happen. So do you really you think that can happen? Do you think Tom Brady has a top 12 quarterback season in him? For fantasy, I don't know. But do I think that he can sustain that offense? I think it's going to be a pass-first offense, though. I do. Because I don't think they have the running backs to support um, you know, them basing it on the run. You know what I mean? Like, when your backfield, you know, is who they have, like, led by Ronald Jones, like, it's not going to be a backfield where you're like, all right, we're going to run the ball to set up the pass, especially when you have Mike Evans, Chris Gowan, Gronk, O.J. Howard, and Tom Brady, right? Mm-hmm. That's just not what, what's, what's going to happen. And this is, on top of that, it's a Bruce Arians offense. They're going to want to pass the ball. They're going to want to, uh, you know, as much as, you know, we think that Tom Brady isn't a great downfield passer, he... He is like he hasn't been doing it a lot because who are who is he going to throw to? Who is this downfield guy in, on the Patriots over the past like Jacoby Myers ten years? Like since Randy Moss, like he had nobody. Oh well, Brandon yeah. Cooks, Brandon Cooks, he did, but like For one year and he threw deep that year. But Brandon Cooks too, like yeah, he has a speed, but you know he hasn't separated like the, the other elite elite um, fast wide receivers who How, are, look at what they did with Antonio Brown in one game. Exactly. That's that's where you have to look at, right? Look at those elite guys that, that Tom Brady has played with. Um, and he, he gets it done. You know what I mean? And Tom Brady likes guys who are going to separate. <laughs> Chris Godwin's going to be able to do it. Mike Evans is going to be able to do it. 
And, you know, obviously Godwin, you know, he's not going to play that traditional slot role a ton like he did last year. They went super heavy, three wide receiver sets, 11 personnel. This year it might be a lot more, uh, you know, 12, 21. Makes sense. They have two running two good tight ends yeah they're two good tight ends so it it does make sense um but um and godwin's gonna probably shift to the outside a little bit more but he'll be fine he had he had decent success Mm -hmm. on the outside um yeah obviously the the coverage is going to be a little bit tougher but it's not going to be that big of a deal these guys are going to be good tom brady's going to be able to find them um i don't really consider him not having like a slot guy to be a huge issue um but i do think he can push the ball down the field he doesn't have a ridiculous arm we don't necessarily need a ridiculous arm uh, to get the ball to Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. No, not at all. And I, th- I think he's going to find comfort in Mike Evans more so. I don't know why I feel that way, but just knowing Brady. Yeah, he's a close a, he's personal a big, friend. He's, like a, <laughs> he's, a, he's a big wide receiver. You know what I mean? He's not going to separate as easily as Godwin does, but like he... he He's a guy who's going to be reliable. You know what I mean? Like he, Brady has dealt with, uh, you know, has been making Gronk who he was for for years, um, and he was that guy who he, who he threw the ball up to, and he was dependable. And I think Mike Evans can be that guy. And, and not to mention that Brady had some uh, early workouts with some of the players. I think Gronk was there, Ronald Jones I think was there, and Mike Evans was there. Chris Godwin was not, not there. Not to say Chris Godwin hates him, but on, just Chris. to say like. Come on, Chris. It just, it just <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, 43. I, I, I think I have him right outside the top 12. Tom Brady um, drafted you know. in seventh round. End of seventh round. In one QB? Yeah, in one QB. Yep. One QB leagues, he's being drafted at the end of the seventh. I don't think I'm touching him there. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think not, so. not to say he can't be good at all, but no, that's no. a high price. I, I honestly think he'll, you know, he could be like a low end QB one. He can. But I don't think the upside's there for him. He had over 4,000 passing yards last year, I'm pretty sure. So, all right, let's get into some deeper sleepers here. We'll just hit on a couple of them real quick. Um, Probably someone not a lot of other people have. I have Jimmy G as one of my deep sleepers here. So, last year was Jimmy Garoppolo's first full season as a starter. For as long as he's been in the NFL... Last season was his first full year as a starter, and it's just—it's crazy to think that. Like that last year was just think of it as his first year as, as an actual starter, like for a team. And then he's got a great offensive line. It's a—it's not as sexy with Debo Sam with Debo Samuel getting hurt just earlier today, right? Right. Debo has a Jones fracture, something that could bother him for the rest of the season. But he's still got George Kittle. He's still got Brandon Ayuk and. An array of other wide receivers who can make a name for themselves, including Jalen Hurd, Dante Pettis, if he ever decides to come back from whatever the hell he's doing, Trent Taylor, uh, Ken, uh, Kendrick Bourne. So they have a lot of guys who can step up if need be. Um, he had the fifth highest completion percentage with minimum 100%, uh, minimum 100 attempts, and he had almost 4,000 yards. He finished top 15. And he showed flashes throughout the year. He was able to, I think it was the game against the Saints. He was able to keep up a breeze. Yeah. And uh, they that went toe to toe. That was that was the best game I've ever seen from Jimmy J. Exactly. And now this year he's entering. He's two years removed from the ACL. So um, yeah, I mean, we've seen Jimmy G be good in the past. He's getting used to the Kyle Shanahan's offense. He still has a lot of running backs he can dump off the ball to. I, I think he could really be a value this year. I just what's his ADP? Do you have it? Yeah, like my ADP. Uh, 
uh, end of 12 I rounds. Just, end of the 12. And that's a great price for a guy like that. If you're in a two QB league, he might be a good second quarterback to target late in the draft. Yeah, I can, I can see him being a second quarterback. Yeah, for sure. I think in, sec- in two QB leagues, uh, sixth round, yeah. Well, Matt Stafford is going right before him, so I'd rather go there. But like, oh. but, you know, I can I can see that. Um, yeah, like I, I like Jimmy G. Like I, I think he's a an efficient guy. I think he's a little bit more than a game manager. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I just I I it's just it's just such a run heavy offense yeah. where you know, and then you have you know the 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 terrible the sucky injury. To, to yeah. Really if Debo didn't teams. get hurt, I think it'd be a lot. Yeah, sexy. I wrote this exactly. before Debo got hurt. And so now it it's like hurts it a little what bit. his only real legitimate weapon is George Kittle now. And that's not a bad weapon I have. Are you waiting for me? Sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> I got worried. You turned well, around so quickly. I, I didn't know you... <laughs> I didn't know you were trying to be incognito. I, 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 <laughs> I had to escape for a second because my laptop is about to die. So I need to go and pull the charger. That's how you... <laughs> I, you know, I saw you started to talk just now. And as soon as you, you started know? talking, I was just like, all right, let me see if I can get this charger before it's next. That was like some unspoken communication I should have known. I just sat there you and stared You just stopped talking. You are like, no, shit. Yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> Hold on. That's funny. But yeah. So why are you taking care of that? <laughs> Another deep sleeper guy I have is uh, Philip Rivers. I mean, when they first got Philip Rivers, I was kind of unsure because I'm like, okay, what kind of weapons do they really have? They just got rid of Ebron. T.Y. Hilton's been injured. Outside of that, their wide receivers have struggled. Um, and then they draft Michael Pittman who's great, and they've been talking up Paris Campbell in his second year. T.Y. Hilton's ready to go. Still have an elite offensive line. they got Jonathan Taylor, who's going to be great for that running game. Um, and then part of me was like, you know, maybe, like, Brissett's still there. Maybe Phillip Rivers isn't 100% the guy. But then I look at the contract. What is it, like, two years, $50 million for Phillip Rivers? That's not a backup contract. He's going to be the guy. So he's going to be the guy. And... And, I mean, we, we've seen him have success. It, in, in L.A., it was just either his line wouldn't give him time. His weapons were always hurt. Between over the years, you had Keenan Allen had the injury issues. Mike Williams had injury issues. Uh, Hunter Henry, as we know, has his issues. Even Melvin Gordon had some issues. So, But, I mean, he I, I think the best thing going for him is that line. And he's familiar with the offense. Um, I forget the name of the offensive coordinator, but he worked with him in, in with the Chargers quite some, not too long ago. It was like three or four years ago, something like that. So he's fairly familiar with the offense. You got T.Y. Hilton, could be his new Mike Williams. You got Michael Pittman, could be his red zone guy. You got Jack Doyle there too. So I, I think there's a lot of potential for Philip Rivers to enter as a QB1. Yeah, you know, you, you look at Mike, Michael Pittman and you're like, Oh, like he, he could be the, his red zone guy. And then you look at Mike Williams and you see that, you know, maybe there was some lost potential there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so th- there's a possibility that that kind of plays out the same way. Um, but yeah, T.Y. Hilton on the outside is great. I think, yeah, I think Paris Hilton definitely benefits because he'll be the, the main slot receiver. And you know, <laughs> what did I say? Par- Paris Hilton. You can buy the Paris two. Hilton. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's great. That's great. Paris Hilton. That's awesome. I, I, I wonder why no one thought of this before. I, I'm sure someone did because you have a Hilton, you have a Paris. Goes right together. Anyway, there you go. Yeah, Paris Campbell um, coming out uh, out of the slot, right? Um, so, listen, uh, Keenan Allen is like one of the best wide receivers in the league, Absolutely. right? So you can't necessarily say like, oh, Philip Rivers loves throwing to the slot, right? Because that's where Philip Rivers was playing out. He just loved throwing to Philip Rivers, right? Philip um, Rivers loves throwing it. That's all he loves to do. Right. Just, he then, loves chucking it deep. Tight ends is the same thing. Like he's had like one of the best tight ends in NFL history. Right, so like it's like, oh, does he love tight ends? But you know, Hunter Henry came in, and then he ended up throwing a lot to him too. So you know, you have to like Jack Doyle, you know, after Eric Ebron left too. So yeah. uh, you know, there's a there's a few like short to intermediate pass catchers in this offense. You know, Paris Campbell, Naheem Hines, Jonathan Taylor. Um, so these guys are going to help Phil Rivers out a lot. And then if he's going to have a line to protect him, the Colts have one of the best lines in the league. He could do something. You know what I mean? Especially if T.Y. Hilton can stay healthy. So there's there's a ton of potential with uh, Philip Rivers. Now, are you interested in any of the rookies? Rookie quarterbacks? Mm-hmm. Um, not really. You know, like, I think if, if Tua... To, if Tua becomes... You That's know, the guy I was thinking about. If he's yeah, healthy, uh, if he becomes the guy... Right, right. That's, that's the guy I'm looking at because... He's one of those guys, like, he's going, like, stupid late, right? He's going, like, 15th round, maybe undrafted. Probably undrafted. Um, but he's a guy that, like, if he starts week one and he starts and he's not on too many rosters, he's a potential quarterback Then you're like, oh, okay, I need to pick him up after week one. Mm-hmm. You know, because, you know, he ha- he'll he have some weapons, like Devontae Parker, you know, Preston Williams is going to come back. Mike Gusecki. Gusecki. Um, you know, he has, you know, a decent running game. He's going to have a decent running game, you know, with Jordan Howard and Matt Breida catching the ball, too. Um, so it's going to be interesting. And the offensive the offensive line. Offensive line. This is what happens, man. When you're from New York, like, you just, like, just talk so fast where it's just, like, it's just unsustainable, dude. Like, um, But the Dolphins' offensive line improved um, significantly, I think. You know, they were terrible last year. So they're going to be at least decent this year. So that's a good thing for both him and Ryan Fitzpatrick. And honestly, like I'm interested in Ryan Fitzpatrick too in, in one quarterback leagues because, you know, he's going super late. If he's going to be the guy week one, um, you know, he's he's had he's played with this offensive coordinator like multiple times in his career. And every time he's success. played with Chan Gailey, he's, that's when like those good uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick years are with Chan Gailey. Yes. Exactly, and he has the weapons to to make that happen. So it's going to. He's got his Decker. He's got his Marshall. Exactly, and it's going to be interesting. And by the way, the the Decker isn't necessarily Preston Williams. It's Mike Gesicki. Um. So yeah. So (laughs) he he has those weapons. And Ryan Fitzpatrick was like one of the best fantasy quarterbacks last season after he (laughs) took over. So this is it's not like you know you're kind of reaching. Uh, you know, when you're drafting him as a quarterback one, because if it doesn't work out with him, you'll be fine. You'll find somebody else to replace him, even if you have no no, no other quarterback on your bench uh, in 10 and 12 quarterback, one quarterback leagues. All right. Is there anyone else you want to mention? Uh, um, one... I think Joe Burrow, like, you know, he might be a little bit interesting just because, you know, he's on an offense that, you know, is going to pass the ball a good amount. They play, I think, the most 11 personnel through wide receiver of any um, team in the league. So, right. you know, so. he's somebody that you want to pay attention to. Listen, if AJ Green comes back and, 
you know, he's like 65 to 70% of what he used to be. Sure, that's that's great. You know, Tyler Boyd's still going to be there. And they have a couple of good wide receivers um, on the Joe outside, Mixon. too. Joe Mixon, of course. Um, so, you know, he has a little bit of support there. You know, so it's going to be interesting. The offensive line is a little shaky. Um, you know, didn't improve as much as I thought they would going into next mm-hmm. year. But, um, you know, he has the weapons, you know, and like, you know, he's he's a winner. So we'll, we'll we'll see we'll see how it goes with him. I, I'm not like I don't I'm not predicting a huge year for him in his rookie year, but he has the tools. Yeah, and the only worry about me and Burrow is that before his last season at LSU, he he probably would have been undrafted. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, and and it was all Joe Brady, right? Like Joe Brady mm-hmm. came in there, it was just like, all right, this is going to be a stupid, ridiculous offense. Let's do it, and he was able to succeed. It was a pro offense, you know, and he learned from. You know, Joe Brady learned a lot from Sean Payton too, and came to the pro, came to the came to college and did it, and now he's back in the back in the pros. So, you know, we'll see we'll see if, if Joe Brady can be successful himself. Absolutely, it's going to see what he be interesting to see what he does, with Teddy in uh, Carolina. Yeah. But hey, man, I'm not I'm not I'm not um, I'm looking at Teddy a little bit too, man. I, I am I'm looking at Teddy a little bit because it's going to be a pass heavy offense, and he has weapons. It could be, but you know what? It's a first-year head coach in the NFL, first-year offensive coordinator in the NFL. Teddy Bridgewater hasn't started a season since 2015. I mean, he's he played some games last year and the year before that, but like he hasn't been a Week One starter since 2015. So I am a little worried about that, just because everything's so new. Not to say it can't work out, but yeah. it definitely adds more risk, especially when they have. I, I do think he has a little bit of upside though, because. Mm-hmm. You know, Bridgewater has, you know, um, DJ Moore. He has Curtis Samuel, who's super underrated, right? He's such a good route runner. They Just ask Matt Harmon. That's his guy. <laughs> they haven't used him right. <laughs> um, they've been, like, running him deep. It doesn't make any sense. He was, like, yeah. he had a stupid amount of air yards last year. Like, no quarterback could hit him. It was terrible, right? And then, you know, you add Robbie Anderson to the mix. It's going to stretch, stretch, stretch defenses. Um, you obviously have Christian McCaffrey, you know, helping you out a lot. Um and if it's going to be a pass-heavy offense, look what Joe Brady did, you know, with a guy like you said who didn't do much the year before, Good you know, Joe, in Joe Burrow. So um, mm. you, you went from like a game manager to somebody who threw sixty touchdowns, um, you know. And look what Joe Burrow did with Clyde Edwards-Helaire, right? And now you have Teddy Bridgewater who has Christian McCaffrey. Um, so you know, there's a lot of parallels here that that could play out. We'll see if if those coaches are ready for the pros. Um, but uh, but it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely curious. I wasn't too much buying into Teddy. Like I said, I'm kind of worried about all the risk. But that's a good point you made about uh, Joe Burrow and how like I I even mentioned that he was on he would have been undrafted the year before he started going with uh, Joe Brady. So very interesting. Um, I think that's going to do it. I think that's going to wrap up this podcast. Um. That was, that was fun. That was a lot of fun talking about quarterbacks. And I think next week, if you want to talk about running backs, we can definitely do that too. I am down. Let's Same do time it. next week? Let's do it, man. Same time next week. Sounds good. So you guys heard that first. We'll be <laughs> back next week. With you guys heard it back. We'll be back in three weeks. You guys three heard. weeks. <laughs> two months. <laughs> no, I think, I, think we should, I think we should start doing it. I mean, we're already in June, man. Like The season's going to be here in no time. Absolutely. I, I got my first dynasty league i'm doing this year so i'm excited but all right so thank you guys for listening um if you guys aren't already follow me on instagram fantasy.football.analyst 
you want to follow Faraz, Upper Hand Fantasy, follow my Twitter. That Twitter's been going pretty well lately, the FF Analyst. And, uh, yeah, is there anything you want to end off with saying? No, that's it, man. That's it. I just had I had a lot of fun. So just if you guys have any questions, hit either of us up on, on Instagram DM, and we'll try to get back to you. Yep. Continue to stay safe. Uh, stay positive during times like this. There's a lot of stuff going on between police brutality and COVID and stuff like that. So uh, stay safe. If you guys need to talk to anyone, either of us, I'm sure, about anything, you know, we're, our DMs are open for stuff like that, too. 100%. So. 100%. All right. Stay safe, guys, and have a good one.